And hello again, everybody. We are back for another edition of Phantom Talk. This one's going to be a little, little different uh, than some of the others we've done. Uh, I don't even really remember how we got on the topic, but uh, the four of us were discussing at one point um, what locally known as cancel culture, uh, and we'll discuss what that means here in a bit. Um, but we wanted to kind of talk about it because um, I think in order to have any kind of voice within uh, fandom or within nerd culture or gamer culture or whatever you want to call it, uh, at this point in 2020, you almost have to have a stance on where you, where you stand on certain things, um, uh, particularly in response to uh, people getting... Um, you know, bullied off the internet or uh, just uh, whatever that, who's that one guy uh, that's always like Brie Larson is ruining uh, Marvel. Oh, Lord. Oh, I didn't even think about adding him to this podcast, but yes, um, Matt McGloin. Yeah. Um, uh, that's for, the guy always, yeah. Where's, what, 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 what's he from? It's, I think it's just called comicbook.com, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that because I don't want to, because it's, it's one that's, very similarly named to like other other sites. So it's not CBR, is it? No, because it's not comic resources. Okay, but anyway, um, but, but but just Matt McGloin. Yeah, though, anyway, he's the worst. Basically, okay? uh, basically every single uh, every other day, uh, he Jake, says R.I.P. something. Yeah, Jake Jake will tell me that uh, Matt McGloin has uh, said that you know something has ruined or has caused the death of something else and it's it's almost always a woman or person of color it, yeah. and and you have to um and a lot of stuff's dead by the way now guys i don't know if y'all knew that yeah I mean, according to his r.i.p yeah the uh, avengers is dead avengers james bond yeah. thor you know so, just so yeah so anyway um you know there's uh it, it's weird to say but that you you almost have to uh, draw lines in the sand on some of this stuff. And so we kind of wanted to have a discussion about, um, you know, uh, cancel culture, uh, things like that, uh, what it looks like within fandom. Um, I actually have a hard time coming up with a, a concept or a time of cancel culture that has happened outside of, of nerd, outside of the, the nerd realm mm. or the gamer realm. Um, it seems like every other day, you know, uh, something happens where people are like, you know, well, those SJWs are taking things over again. Um, and so, uh, so, so basically, yeah, we, we, we want to discuss that. Uh, so tonight with me, I've got our EIC editor in chief, uh, Jacob Vance McCarty Hardesty. Uh, I've got with us, uh, Raven slash Jenny, and we've got Al Red Lanyard. Uh, so we should have a pretty spirited discussion for, uh, extremely, uh, bullheaded people um you know uh the, to discuss this uh to discuss things uh, and four extremely opinionated people uh including myself uh josh uh the wise sage uh who um, i'm gonna try and lead this thing uh, and hopefully it doesn't get too far out of control or maybe it gets out of control that's perfectly fine um one of the reasons we just we wanted to do this is last week uh there was a there was an attempt to cancel somebody that is very near and dear to Raven's heart. But really all okay. of us, honestly. All of us, all of us, but let's be let's, more so Raven. Let's just be honest with ourselves here. Okay. It's it's Raven that really like 
that, you know, for for me, you and Al, like, we probably saw this and we were like, oh, wow, you know, that's that's kind of ridiculous. But Raven probably saw this and, you know, you know, probably went down a very dark hole, started looking at very deep, right. dark places well, uh, within herself. Start tracking some IP addresses yeah, exactly. here, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, hired some hacker, uh, you know, looked at, looked into the dark web kind of thing. Uh, but basically, there was a point where uh, there was a a uh, uh, a point where someone tried to get the uh, Adam Driver is is Adam Driver is canceled. Was that the or cancel Adam Driver hashtag? What, yeah, what was it? What, what? Hashtag, a, hashtag Adam Driver's over party. So oh, cute. Had, okay. So so yeah, he's over. over. He's over. Okay, so Adam <laughs> Driver is over party, and mm-hmm. uh, basically this happened because. Uh, and one of the things I think we're going to figure out with cancel culture is that um, it is pretty much a ridiculous thing that's that's fomented by extremists on both sides. Uh, this seems to be an extreme uh, leftist position where they took something that Adam Driver had stated, uh, where he basically stated, I think in I think it was in the Atlantic, uh, in, in an article in the Atlantic where he was talking about uh, that he didn't, um, you know, that. Uh, he went out. He joined the army, uh, but he didn't know who he was retaliating against. Right. Uh, he joined. The, yeah, he was a marine, right? Marine, yeah, yeah. So I'm sorry. He was. He joined the marines. Uh, yeah, but he didn't know who he was retaliating against. Uh, he he comes out and very clearly says it wasn't. That I was retaliating against Muslims. I was retaliating against you know terrorists or whoever. He said I really didn't know who I was retaliating against. I just felt like I needed to go and fight for my country. And somehow somebody took that statement and turned it into a statement of, of uh, is Islamic uh, hatred, uh, hatred for, uh, you know, people uh, that are of the Islamic faith. And uh, that started the Adam Driver is over uh, party. And um, that was that kind of is what led us into discussing uh, cancel culture, discussing uh you know what this means uh, to us as a, as fans of different things, um, and so you know I I just kind of want to I, I want to ask um, you know th- that was kind of our our lead in, um, but I, you know before we get back to that, um, can you uh, just you know uh, I, I'll probably just go around and ask each of you, um, but uh, how does how does cancel culture affect uh, you know? things that you're fans of but jake you want to start us off on that uh sure um i mean i i am I'm, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of you because I, I i'm pretty sure we're gonna we're gonna mention this you know eventually but i mean cancel culture in in the idea of you know and and, and of course we're we're we are attempting to not get political. We're attempting to keep this about, about like the phantoms and everything, you know, and not really kind of lean one way or the other too much. But at the same time, you know, I mean, you, you have to look at someone like James Gunn, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to look at someone some like how that affected, you know, Guardians 3, how it affected, you know, even like the possibilities like Infinity War and Endgame, you know. I mean, I, I remember, you know, seeing, you know, Infinity War roughly – couple weeks maybe a month after um it had been announced that he was fired you know and it says in there you know like co-written or or executive produced or something by james gunn Mm -hmm. and i I remember kind of thinking i was like but he's not even part of them anymore and that and and that's awful you know Mm -hmm. um 
you know, and, and of course I, we'll, we'll get we'll get back to that. But I mean, to me, it it doesn't always affect me too much, like me personally, and, and affect my enjoyment of certain things because I try to look at. I try. I try to. Look, I try to look at. You know, if, if something is brought up like this, whether whether it was like the Adam Driver comments, or whether it was you know old Twitter or Twitter feeds from James Gunn or something like that, I try to look at what do they ultimately mean. You know, so prime example, you know, Adam Driver, you had already made the statement. You know that it was kind. It was he was not trying to make a statement that he that he had any sort of like xenophobia or anything like that. You know, obviously. Um, no, you know, he actually James literally course, says it wasn't against Muslims, and then it, yeah. But anyway, exactly. I mean, like that, like that. That's the thing, you know. Um, me personally, as as a fan, when I see something like that, and if it's an actor or writer, someone that I actually really appreciate, my first thing is is to do some research myself, and I'm like, okay, what did they actually mean by this? You know, what what can we actually interpret from this? And more often than not with with a lot of things especially stuff like this um it's unsubstantiated it's it's you know a, a situation where it is something that can just be it, it's not even going to be a thing in a, here in a couple of weeks you know or a couple of months even you know so so for me it it affects me in the in the sense that you know like it's it can be annoying to see stuff like that but at the same time, it doesn't really affect. It does. It very rarely does it actually like affect like my enjoyment of the fandom because more often than not, it's not worth it. You know, mm-hmm. with, with, with stuff like this, anyways. You know? Um, I'll pose this question. Uh, you know, to uh, to you, Al. Do you think there's a uh, there's a moment uh, or or something? Do you think there's a time when when cancel culture or or the or canceling somebody, whatever that means. Uh, is probably something that needs to happen within within fandom. Uh, you know, th- is there something somebody could do that would deserve them being canceled out? Um, I will say, I will say yes with qualifiers. Um, I think that I think that the main thing that kind of is a common denominator with the kind of things we're talking about is that a lot of this stuff happens kind of reactionarily. Um, it kind of happens without um, going and looking at the context. Um, I've got some other thoughts as to why it might happen as well that I won't go into now because I want to focus on your question. But um, I think that there are definitely times where a celebrity or an entertainer or or a writer or whatever the type of person it is i think there are definitely times when the things that they do or the things that they say are worth the investment to bring attention to and to kind of call for some kind of action from the studio they're associated with or the company or whatever it might be um i think that kind of relies on a couple of things i think it relies on the controversial thing being recent and and having the weight behind it that it's not just a taken out of context thing but it's either i think this this become a pattern or a thing that um, the person has has said or done um that there may have been a little bit of time since it happened 
but they haven't shown any remorse for it when it's brought up or they haven't offered an explanation for it or something like that. Um, I think those things do definitely happen. Um, and again, I'll try not to go too deep into tangents and things like that. But um, actually, um, this is an example that came up organically with us today. Uh, we were talking about the live action version of Ulan and how um, the lead actress of um, that Disney film um, had, had posted things on social media that were in support of, um, of the police state of Hong Kong when all the riots were going on and things like that. And, um, and to me, something like that would fit the criteria of that's worth investing your time in to draw attention to. Um, because to me, that is something that she did with clear context that was showing her support of a violation of human rights. Uh, it's something that she has not since shown remorse for. She hasn't offered an explanation for. She hasn't offered her side of the issue to kind of explain it away. Um, and that to me is a serious thing because that's a conflict where entertainers can have a lot of influence on. And she kind of went out of her way to show support of the wrong side of that human rights conflict. Um, to me, that would be an example of something that's worth investing um, that time into. Now, some of the other things you guys talk about, James Gunn, where the James Gunn thing was a matter of like, someone found it like eight or nine years after the fact. And when it was brought to his attention, he was just like, hey, that was like a different time. My mind was in a different place. I, I would not do that thing right now i'm sorry for anyone that offended and like he handled it like well because first of all it is kind of absurd to bring up a thing eight or nine years that happened on social media in the past um if you go on any of my social media accounts back eight or nine years you're gonna find stuff that i don't agree with because people yeah. change yeah. um but um it's those kind of reactionary things that i feel like need a little bit more investigation you need to do a little bit more homework on stuff before you you put in the investment to really make a big deal out of it and you kind of need to check your priorities as well but that kind of leads into another thing i have that i'll get into i'm a bit later on but um um yeah that's kind of my thoughts on on the appropriateness of the of the idea at large yeah i've got some uh I mean, I know, I, I don't know what happened all over our MySpace pages, but, you know, Lord help me if anybody pulls up any of my old MySpace blogs, because <laughs> I know I've got one on there that compares the music of Jeff Buckley and talks about how, how it talks about the mysteries of love that I wrote when I was 17 or 18 years old. That's just good. That would be very dangerous for anybody to read. Uh, you know, we and, have to find this. Well, you know, it's just, it's just a very, it, it was a weird time in my life, guys. Okay. Uh, but, you know, but no, I think you're right. You know, to pull up stuff like that, that happened so many years ago, um, I think is, is pretty absurd. And I think that was, that was one of the reasons why really the only time where we've seen a, a, a cancel, a person be canceled and then the backlash be so bad that the cancellation ended 
was James Gunn because I think that was the one where everybody was like, well, this is really kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, probably, it probably helped the fact that everybody was, is a really big fan of James Gunn right now. And I think that's <laughs> another thing that you've got to consider is how popular some of these people being canceled are. Um, you know, James Gunn was able to come back from it. Someone like Kathy Griffin, uh, you know, who was a D-list celebrity, you know, we basically just canceled her, you know, for the Donald Trump thing. And she hasn't been able to come back from it, but then no one really cared about Kathy Griffin to begin with. So it was kind of a, it was a different type of thing. Um, And so I think there's, there's definitely levels to how this works. Um, Jenny, what kind of, uh, you know, uh, as far as cancel culture goes, uh, what kind of uh, tactics uh, do you see uh, being used when someone, uh, when someone tries to cancel somebody? How does it work? Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's just simply bullying, like, honestly, like, you know, it's, it's online bullying, they'll, they'll tweet, they'll hashtag, they, uh, demean the people, um, and just, like, pull, like, just random stuff, like, they'll be canceled for, like, one thing, and they'll pull out a whole bunch of other things that aren't even necessarily relevant to why they're canceling them to begin with, um, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's just bullying at all ages for no good reason. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's that's probably definitely uh, definitely an apt description of it. Um, you know, James Gunn is one thing because you know James Gunn, uh, and I think I think we probably all agree, um, probably handled it as best as you could. Um, you know, I think he even made the statement that he even understood why Disney fired him. Yeah. Um, which I thought was actually pretty big of him because I gotta be honest, if, if I'd gotten fired for something I did nine years ago, I'd be, I would not, my statement would not be, I understand why I'm getting fired <laughs> here. Um, but, uh, you know, I think he handled probably as well as possible. Um, but one thing we do have to say about James Gunn is that there was a very real, uh, reason, um, you know, I mean, there was there was something there. You know, I mean, there the stuff he had said was pretty pretty horrific. Yeah, it's, uh, there was there was something there. Okay, um, one of the things that's interesting about um, you know cancel culture among fandom and among uh, nerd and gamer culture um, is that um, a lot of times the canceling will happen really just on opinion uh so for you know obviously that's an example with adam driver which has just happened somebody just thought of a random opinion and was like you know let's get adam driver canceled um but uh amongst you know um amongst people within uh the the fandom culture uh nerd and and gamer culture uh there's been several times where people have been bullied out of the industry who have received uh, serious threats, death threats, bomb threats, um, simply because they share an opinion that is not um, that is not part of the norm. Um, for whatever reason, the 2000s, uh, as far as like comic book uh, and gamer culture goes, the 2000s have seen a real uptick in this this idea that uh, comic book and gamer culture is something that uh you know white males have control of and if there's any type of attempt to breach that uh typically there's a a real reaction to it 
Uh, now, most recently, <laughs> uh, someone who, in my opinion, didn't even try to breach it. Uh, just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But the best and and example of that recently is uh, Kelly Marie Tran, who played uh, Rose Tico in uh, Last Jedi and sort of in Rise of Skywalker. Oh, you know, she's there for like <laughs> 90 seconds. Um, but uh, her story is really interesting because um, she is literally, she was literally bullied off the internet because she was an Asian character. I mean, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, okay? Like, because, I mean, this is the way I've always saw it. Um, but you guys tell me if I'm wrong here. She was bullied off of the internet because she was an Asian character in Star Wars. Is that pretty much correct, Jake? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's interesting because, you know, any time that you had an argument against her, okay, pretty much any time, you know, um, they they had like one argument that did not feature the way she looked, you know, and that was you know, oh her story arc hurt Finns, you know, and everything. Which that's a whole other cons uh, conversation of you know discussing Last Jedi, but you know besides that, every other comment involved uh, her race, her her weight, or 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 her gender. One of those three things. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the biggest issue. And um, let's see. Last Jedi came out, I want to say it was the 17th of December in 2017. And I'm pretty sure he was off of Instagram. Like, he deleted everything off of Instagram and Twitter by around December 20th, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I, could be, I could be wrong about those dates, but I know it, it was quick, you know. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, is, like, people apparently saw this and then just targeted her, you know, and it was such an awful kind of experience to, to see that, um, someone being, someone being hurt in in that way. Um, but that's, uh, you know, from that, of course, you know, you, you saw people, you know, like, like Oscar Isaac and Ryan Johnson and Daisy Ridley all coming out in support of her, you know, every, every single one of them, you know, Mm. um, uh, Brian Johnson particularly uh, loves Kelly Marie Tran, you know, and um, and says that, and and of course has has gone on quotations that he would have not changed a single thing about Last Jedi or specifically about her role in the film, you know, no matter what, you know. So, um, and also if I can add just real quick um, about that particular example. Um, just to clarify, and I know this is something obviously that you believe, Jacob, but I just want to spell it out for anyone who's listening. Even even if it were objectively true that her character in a film ruined a film or ruined another character's arc or whatever it might be, um, that's that's not a reason to go after somebody. Like like we need we need to remember that like. As much as I love Star Wars and I love Star Wars stuff, it's it's a film about space wizards. Like it's no reason <laughs> to like go after a person's like safety and security in their online presence just because you t- disagreed with a role they acted when they had no control over how they acted the role in the first place. Uh, but just want to throw that out there just to just to cover all our bases and give everybody a reminder. 
Yeah, I mean, the, but but to your point, though, Al, um, so here, but this, I, I do believe this is definitely a, a, a racial and gender motivated thing here, simply because, um, you know, and I mean, I, <laughs> to, I mean, no one has ruined a movie more than Jesse Eisenberg did Batman for Superman. And as far as I know, he's still got all of his social media. You know, and yeah. and what I'm saying is like, you know, we've had, and of course, I, I just use that example because I hate that movie and I hate what Jesse Eisenberg did in that movie. But like, we've seen a lot of places where, you know, we, we've had a lot of failed characters in these nerd movies. And I've often, and, and it's just really weird to me that Kelly Marie Tran, you know, was really picked out as the person that ruined Last Jedi. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. It has it has to be a you know a, a racial and gender motivated thing you know right. um, you know and, and uh, you know and the you know and, and what what bothers me most about that one is that I think you know you know they they eventually they won because she's hardly in return in uh, Rise of Skywalker yeah. she's yeah. only in it for ninety seconds you know and absolutely you know and uh, you know I mean that I think that's a pretty horrible thing. Um, yeah, uh, Jenny, you're the only, um, you're the only, uh, uh, lady in this group right now. Um, you know, the, have, you know, cause I'm, I'm going to transition because, uh, women have had a, uh, traditionally difficult time, uh, when it comes to, um, you know, getting involved in, in, uh, nerd culture, gamer culture, comic culture, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, um, yeah, have, and, you know, of course you're, you're, you've always been a big fan of, of comic book stuff. Uh, you know, going back to when, you know, I mean, you were growing up, you know, watching things like gargoyles, you know, and stuff like that. Justice League. Uh, Justice League and stuff like that. X-Men. You know, X-Men. Yeah. And Spider-Man and all that. Um, so like, you know, has, have you felt, you know, has there ever been any kind of, um, a moment where you, you know, where where someone has made you feel like you were unwelcome in in this kind of culture. Um, unwelcome, maybe not. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of women that have. Uh, but I've definitely been talked down to. Um, I've definitely, uh, you know, people will assume I don't know certain things. You know, like uh, they'll just assume that I don't know who. I don't know. Like they, they just assume I wouldn't know who like who Vision was or you know, something like that. Something that's trivial. Um, you know, men act really impressed like when you know that for some reason. They think it's like a, a really like cool quality and I'm like, I literally just like that. Like I don't you know what I mean? So it's it's definitely like a different world. Um but I think, you know, how who I've surrounded myself with has kind of like played a part in that I feel like other women aren't as uh, blessed as I am where that's concerned um and I've seen that like online um so you know it's just yeah women get talked down to a lot when it comes to uh gaming and stuff or, or comics um I have been in GameStop before and I've been uh talked down to by other customers in there um like I'd ask uh one of the sales associates about um a Legend of Zelda game or something and uh you know like 
a customer would be like, wow, I can't believe he plays that or something like that. It's, it's dumb. It's really dumb. I honestly, when I, the way I phrased it, I honestly thought I'd let, I'd uh, just really like tee the ball up for you to do your standard. I'm never uncomfortable kind of thing that you, that <laughs> well, you typically I, do. Well, uh, I'm not. But, you know, like, and so it's kind of a hard question for me to answer, but I have seen those, like, scenarios. So, like, even when I, I can recognize when somebody's trying to make me feel uncomfortable, but it just doesn't usually work. So, I was trying to be, you I know, remember, even-minded. you know, when, <laughs> yeah, okay, there you go. I, of course, you know, you and, uh, you know, I remember when our, in the, you know, last few years of our mother's life, she got real, really involved in comic books and, and stuff, and there were a few times where he had some interactions where I thought the person was, you know, kind of being uh, horrible, yeah. <laughs> you know, being uh, And of course, part of that was it, there. There was more than just um, you know gender there. There was also age as well. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, I, it, it never really bothered her either. Um, but it is it is interesting, you know, in in that you know combat culture, gamer culture, you know, nerd culture in general is really an outsider thing or for a long time was an outsider thing. It's definitely very mainstream now. And it's almost like there's a sense where you know, we that are in the culture, there was this sense where, uh, and, I, and, and when I say we, I don't mean us, but like we're, we're, we're kind of like, you know, well, we just want to keep it us. We just want to stay in our own little bunker, you know, and this is our thing, you know, and you have to prove who you, you have to prove, mm-hmm. you know, that you, in here oh, i yeah, remember sure. um i want to say it was uh i want to say it was brian michael bendis who was at a uh who was at a con and someone had a shirt that said i like or had was selling a shirt that said uh, i like my coffee like i like my fangirls and i hate coffee you remember this jake I don't remember that, but I hate that. I think it was Bendis because whoever it was posted, like, took a picture and, like, posted this big, long, like, statement about it because he, he had daughters, you know, and was like, this is not something I want to bring my daughters into. It's got to be you him know? or Dan Slott. Yeah, it was a really big deal uh, there for a bit, and yet that was a... That was a standard approach, you know, one of the things that, that we have to do is point out, you know, fake fangirls. But I've never thought that that was a necessary thing to do anyway. And I've yeah. often thought really for a lot of, um, you know, for, a, you know, it, it's, it's a really strange thing uh, for guys to do who, who typically guys within this, you know, who are, who have at least had, you know, had had one thought, you know, where they're like, we're too uncool for girls. And then like when girls want to get involved in these, in comics or whatever, we're like, well, hold on, you know, you're a fake fan. I've, I've always wanted, that's always been a weird thing to me. No, uh, I agree with that. Cause I'm like, well, what exactly do you want your girlfriend to be into then? Like what? Yeah, oh yeah. Or, or, or do you just not want to have a girlfriend that shares interests as you? Well, you know, that's, I, that's I don't know. Really- thing i don't know but it's it's it has always been a really weird uh stance to have and yet it's one that was around for a long time and probably the best example of this i'm pretty sure al you probably know what this is jake and jenny i don't know if you guys do but um the best example of something like that happening 
for really no reason and with someone just getting jumped on excuse me and piled on for no reason is uh zoe quinn in the in the uh, gamergate scandal of uh what mm-hmm. was that 2014 i think something like that uh do y'all does, does anyone not know what i'm talking about i i have no idea yeah, okay jenny you know okay al do you know what i'm talking about Yes, I know what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah, I figured, I figured, uh, you know, I, I thought we had talked about it a little bit before, but anyway, uh, so basically, what Gamergate is, and this is a really, really short, because <laughs> I don't want to go too far into this, because it's just, it's like horrific. It, it should be the black mark on gamer culture. Uh, but basically, Zoe Quinn had um, had uh, created this game, and. Uh, she got involved in a bad breakup and her ex-boyfriend was also a game designer as well. And he wrote this uh, op-ed basically saying that Zoe Quinn had uh, slept with several uh, game journalists to get her game to have good scores. Okay. Um, And for whatever, so, so, Zoe Quinn just got jumped on and just was, you know, a pariah, uh, essentially, uh, among among gamers. And uh, was basically, you know, like they tried to force her out of the industry. She got death threats. She got all this stuff. Of course, obviously, you know, the story we find out, of course, is that Zoe Quinn had done none of that. But worse than that, even if Zoe Quinn had done all of that, uh, you know, the the response to it was so uh, visceral and angry um and therefore a while because i remember you know like this was a time when i was really uh we're, we'll say a dark point in my life when i was really spending a lot of time on uh, ign and kotaku and uh um you know uh, a game a game spot and polygon and you know all these you know game uh websites uh, you couldn't go a day without reading a new thing about, you know, Zoe Quinn and, and this Gamergate controversy that was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al, since you, since you said you remember it, you know, what, what is your, what is your uh, recollection of it exactly? I mean, do you, you know, do you have a, you know, um, you know, a thought or two on, on Gamergate? Yeah. Um, so I recall when it all happened, I was in college still so i wasn't as um i wasn't as um engaged or immersed with um video game journalism or controversies as i am uh or as i was after um i got out of college because i was just very busy at the time but um i i definitely remember um it was the only thing i can compare it to is just a utter witch hunt uh that happened uh, uh with poor zoe and um with just people tracking down um zoe's various um s- uh, s- social accounts um uh, they doxed zoe's um articles and websites that like posted zoe's articles and things like that um um all because like one per- person had said a bad thing about Zoe, and there was just this really big 
a very fast push to cancel Zoe. And that was, and it's so odd to think of it now because I feel like this stereotypical paradigm of that has shifted a bit to where nowadays it feels like, you know, the people who cancel people, um, usually they're kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum compared to when the Gamergate stuff happened. It was very much like young white males who were, uh, who were just very nasty and um, I'm on that end of it. Um, all that to say, um, yeah, it was just a really, I think that was the first real experience I had with that kind of online toxicity uh, was catching up on all of that um, controversy and all of that stuff that, uh, that had happened to poor Zoe. And um, I mean, Zoe is still dealing with the fallout of that stuff now, to be completely honest. Um, just last year, um, Zoe, who, um, um, Zoe Quinn uses, um, they, them um, pronouns as well. And, oh, it sounds as if I'm sacred name a lot as if it's a chant, but I want to respect her identity. Um, um, Zoe came out just last year. Uh, with a follow-up to that, saying that, that like, you know, a lot of people in the industry that she had been in relationships with, either romantic relationships or just friendships, had had taken a full-blown part in the harassment and the abuse that she encountered. I mean, it's stuff that's still following Zoe now to this day. Um, so, yeah, I think that was really my first kind of exposure to that kind of culture online. And it's just... You know, it's just a nasty thing. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's a real, uh, it's a really ugly story. Like I said, if you haven't, um, if you don't know much about it, definitely something worth reading up on. If for no other reason, in fact, Gamergate's become kind of a noun at this point. You know, mm -hmm. people, um, you know, people almost use it as like, you know, Gamergate speak, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, because it was, it was a really, uh, really, just, just a like a real throwback. I think you used the word witch hunt. I was sort of like a real throwback Scarlet Letter type thing where, you know, for whatever reason, we believed one dude, one guy's story, you know, and you know, and of course it it it, you know, all of it was pretty much disproven, and yet it was still this really, just uh, a really horrible response, and he was you know pretty much bullied out of the industry. Um, what I'll just open this for anyway. Why, why do you think, um, why do you think that, that that was the natural response to something like that? You know, uh, what, what, what is it about, um, you know, that, that whole experience, uh, that caused such a, such anger amongst people? Uh, you guys cool if I take this one or at least start it yeah go for it yeah for sure um I'm, i mean to, to me it's it, it's a hive mind situation at that point um you know because because like you said one guy said this about her you know and then immediately people jumped on it um and, and i think that kind of happens you know al already mentioned it earlier um when he when he had say, 
I'll, I'll, forgive me, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, you said something to the effect of, you know, we as people need to need to know when to do our research and, you know, to actually look into things more, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and that's a, and that's something that even honestly, even beyond, even beyond stuff like this, you just need to do that anyways, um, before you try to speak about something, um, you know, but I, I think that that happens. We, we get so frustrated with a lot of things in our life because we, because I mean, a lot of people, they don't have much in their lives. Um, and you know, the, the work of something like this sounds like those kinds of people, you know, like people who don't have a lot of stuff like that. And so they immediately just latch onto whatever kind of vitriol they see. They're like, I'm angry about this. So I want to put that into something else, you know? And so when they hear that this kind of thing was happening, um, or that, excuse me, excuse me, please. Um, they hear that this thing was even, you know, insinuated. They just ran with it, you know, and, you know, and that's such a, I mean, it's got that's such an awful way of doing it. And, and I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get this and get this out of the way. No, uh, uh, obviously death threats are never okay. Like there is never, I cannot think of a point in, in my life that I've ever thought about delivering a death threat. And, I cannot think of something that would that would happen that would have to happen for that to be considered okay, um, you know. And, and 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 bullying in general, of course, isn't. But that definitely is not, you know. Um, you know, and, and 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 the fact that this that this this poor person um, six years later, you, you said 2014, right? Was, was Gamergate okay? So six years later, they're still having to deal with this. You know, um, and, and I and 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 forgive me. I, I didn't know this person's name until you mentioned this. I I, I missed out on this entirely. Um, so I, I don't even. If he, it, it, are, are they still doing games, like at all? I don't know. If, I don't think Zoe Quinn's done a game since then, has she? Um, they. Well, first of all, <laughs> to really showcase how how sad this whole situation was. When you go to Zoe's Wikipedia page, and they were like a very talented game developer back in the day. Um, Impression Quest was the main game that they were known for, and they did very, very well with that game. Um, One of the first things that describes her is that they um, uh, they were involved in the Gamergate controversy. So that that right there just kind of shows how defining an experience uh, this can be. Um, it seems like um, Zoe has done some other stuff. They've done um, some work on um, a bunch of indie titles. Um, they've done um, some writing work um, as well, which is really cool. So yeah, they're involved still in the industry. The only see, I, I I knew Zoe Zoe Quinn was a uh, was like a video game blogger. That's how I'd never before. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even like when Gamergate came out. I recognized the name as a she was a video game blogger. I didn't know she did any um, any type of you know game developing and and part and I think and I, and I honestly think that that might have led to one of the reasons why all this was. Um, was really uh, uh, blown out of proportion is that it, it almost you know there's <laughs> video video game people don't like reviewers to begin with, um, but they also they really 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 don't like um, uh, 
reviewers that are uh, would be outside the norm. Uh, so someone who would be, you know, more of a social justice person, social justice warrior type, or someone who, or, or you know, in 2014, I guess, a female. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> it seems like that was a, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like that was a, that was part of it, is that it, she was also a, a commentator, um, you know, and, and someone who had made some statements, you know, who was making statements about games. Depression Quest in and of itself makes a statement about the state of video games. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, you know, this is not the time to go into that. But, um, you know, that was a that was an interesting uh, type of uh, indie game that was really bucking some trends, um, you know, and and, I, you know, there's a there's just a real, um, yeah, I, that, that, that it's, it's just a real interesting, um, you know, it, it, it deserves a real big documentarian treatment. I'm really shocked it hasn't gotten it yet uh, or maybe it has. And I just don't know about it because it really is this very strange black mark on. Uh, on gaming culture at a point where gaming culture was becoming mainstream. You know, I mean, 2014 is kind of a, you know, the, the team 2000 are kind of worst years for gaming culture where it's, you know, okay, you know, one out of four households in America have a, have a gaming console. I mean, when that's happening, that's when something becomes mainstream. And uh, it's, it's more than just something that, you know, just, you know, weird weirdos are doing, uh, you know, something that's everybody is doing. And it so it really is an interesting black mark. But what it did do, though, um, is it did lead to uh, the probably the last person I kind of want to I want to talk about uh, on my end at least, um, because also as I was um, you know when I was getting back into comics, uh, she was a person who kept uh, popping up. Is a girl by the name of Anita Sarkeesian, mm. um, and she's a uh, she's an interesting um, commentator. Um, she had done uh, one of the things that uh, she does, um, and, and as I'm saying this, uh, she's very much someone who is attempting to push your opinion. Uh, she wants you to to think about why you have this opinion. Uh, I'm really scared of Jenny going to watching any of her videos because the first video I ever watched of hers was one where you know she was basically talking about how. You know, Zelda needs to be more important than Legend of Zelda. You know, he's like the game's named after, and yet, you know, nothing we, he doesn't do anything. And Shark Tank, Jenny already said that. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. So, like, you know, but like, I mean, he, like, but what what's, I think what uh, Anita Sarkeesian's interesting because she's uh, extremely knowledgeable. She uh, went to York University. Uh, you know, she's uh, got a doctorate, uh, and her thesis was uh, called "I'll Make a Man Out of You," studying uh, female characters in in, in uh, uh, pop culture literature. Uh, obviously, starting with Mulan there. And I've so, never actually heard of her. I cannot wait. Well, to so look into okay, her. so her 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 Al, have you heard of her? Yes, yes, yes. I'm very uh, yeah. I know her name. So yeah, she does, yeah. She does feminist tropes. Is, is what her is what her uh, uh, her her group videos is called. You can find them all on YouTube. Okay. Um, and she started off in gaming, but she got real involved with the uh, women in refrigerators movement with Gail Simone. Oh, yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. And Cinti. Um, and so the, <laughs> uh, but of course uh, she she was at the front line of a lot of stuff. Um, you know, also around the same time. And she was kind of rising prominence at the same time Gamergate was happening. And uh, her and Zoe Quinn have done a lot of stuff together. 
Um, and so she, she would do these things where like, uh, she would send out these polls and everything, um, you know, on, uh, just on culture in general. And it'd be things like, you know, if you're a woman, you know, have you ever, you know, has someone ever called you, uh, when you've been playing games online, has someone ever, you know, used a derogatory term towards you? Uh, you know, have you ever been, uh, in a, uh, comic book store and felt like you weren't welcome and just all this stuff. And he was doing all these polls and everything. And of course, the comic book and gamer world responded, uh, this is going to shock you, uh, uh, not with class, uh, but with some pretty <laughs> horrific, her, yeah, what? Yeah, with some pretty horrific uh, concepts. The interesting thing about her, though, is where Zoe Quinn kept a lot of that stuff to herself, Anita Sarkeesian would just literally show it on her <laughs> Tumblr. So, like, and but before you laugh, it's, like, horrible, horrible stuff. So, like, literally, like, you'd, you'd be on, you know, like, this happens to be more than, you know, once or twice where I'd be on Comics Alliance. Uh, and, you know, and to be like, Anita Sarkeesian uh, discusses, you know, uh, discusses new allegations against her. And you'd click that. And it would lead to her Tumblr, and she was showing, like, and I got this picture today where I was literally being raped by Mario, you know, and you'd just be like, what in the world just, you know, like, how did, you know, and, and she keeps all this stuff. Um, and I think one of the interesting things about her is I don't think people really understand that when they're when they're sending it to her, uh, you know, like, she's just, she's just filing it away and saying and using it for her next TED Talk, you yeah. know. Um, mm -hmm. But she's a real interesting person to to look at um on on uh, feminist tropes and things like that uh, I, I will say uh, he's an I would say he's an extremist in a lot of ways and some of the stuff she wants to do uh, he's way too hard on video games in my opinion but I think that's kind of the point um, she's pointing out everything um, but but one of the things I will say about her is she points out everything and one of the things I'll give her is that, you know, she can point out literally every single story beat of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time because she's played it so many times. So, like, he's he knows what he's talking about, and uh, he's done a lot of studies on this. And um, and I think that kind of scares a lot of people. And so, basically, I, I, I talk about her to ask this question, you know, um, you know, as and, and, and Al, you you'd mentioned before, you're right. I think cancel culture as a whole seems to be something that uh, seems to be a left wing. Um, seems to be something that left wing uh, thinking does right now. You know where you know James Gunn was, you know, or or, or high morality left wing thinking does, uh, whether it be James Gunn or whether it be Adam Driver now, or there was another person with Adam Driver that was getting canceled too. Who was it, Jenny? Do you remember? Um, like recently. No, I mean not really, but there, there was so there was another because you, you mentioned like when I said the Adam Driver's over party, you were like there was another someone is over party too. But anyway, it doesn't really well, matter. Uh, well, uh, Kanye, but, but like that's like every other day. So well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't we didn't even bring up Kanye. I mean, yeah. you know, poor poor Kanye, you know. But uh, um, we don't have the time. Yeah, we don't have the time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it does seem to be that kind of thinking, you know, in 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 the mainstream world, but. It seems that within uh, comic book world uh, and gamer culture world, uh, the the cancellations that seem to be happening uh, are typically people that are challenging 
um, tropes and saying this is not how this should be. So, yeah. like, you know, it's 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 a good thing that you know, Force Awakens stars you know a a, a you know a woman an African American, and it's a good thing that you know an Asian American uh, is is you know front and center a prominent character in last jedi and it seems to be there's a visceral reaction to that so basically what i want to ask and like you know and kind of open it up uh but i will start with you you know why do you think um gamer culture and and uh fandom culture um seems to react uh, uh react this way to 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 things that challenge the norm you know why, why do we react so viscerally to it um i think i think that a lot of that has to do i'm gonna try to not go like hardcore like armchair psychologist or anything on it but i do really think that it has to do with um how people in those fandoms um, experience those things that they love. Um, I think a big part of it has to do with the fact um, video games have come a long way as far as the demographics of the people who play them and enjoy them. Um, You know, there for a long while, the average stereotype of someone who games was a person, you know, they were just like, white in their early 20s or late teens and you know they're straight and that's what they do all the time is they do that you know they lack social skills or anything like that um as video games have grown we've seen that change and we've seen a lot more of female representation in video games we see a lot more of of racial diversity as well we see the rise of a bunch of lgbt characters in games because they reflect the growing diversity of the gaming community in general i think with that um comes kind of feelings of almost as if to use terminology that i don't always agree with but um it kind of feels like for those original guys who are who have been into this stuff for a long time i think it kind of comes with a feeling of like their safe space is being is being violated in a lot of ways they feel like this was something that was theirs for a while and that was like their safe haven because they could always go back to games and with games they had the most skill they knew the most about it Uh, they were able to feel superior because they were the only ones really engaged in the culture. Um, But over the last few years, you see those demographics change. And I think a reason why responses to things that kind of go against that old traditional norm um, see such a violent and vitriolic response is that psychologically, those people who are having that cancellation toxic response they feel like something that was theirs that belongs to them quote unquote belongs to them is being violated and is being taken away um obviously that's not a good way to think because so so, because at the end of the day 
again, that goes back to the Star Wars films. Star Wars films are just films about space wizards at the end of the day. You know, video games, I love video games. The video games can be very powerful and they can be very um, special to people. Um, at the end of the day, there's something to be enjoyed by people. And to have this kind of air of superiority and to have this kind of possessiveness over um, those games or those comic books that you feel like just belongs to you, that you feel that kind of entitlement with, is obviously a very flawed way of thinking because they're for everybody. That's what we at the Phantom Correspondence are about, is that fandom is for everyone. And so I think that honestly has a lot to do with it. People um, who have that kind of vitriolic response, they... They have this idea that, no, this belongs to me, and you're trying to change it and take it away. And they don't realize that at the end of the day, diversity is good because diversity creates conversations and discussions, and it's it's a, it's a catalyst for change and improvement and things like that. That's one of the things why, obviously, I don't agree with everything that Edith Sarkeesian says, but um, she first and foremost is a scientist, and that's what she wants to do with what she writes and what she talks about is she wants to ask questions and she wants to kind of um, spur change because video games and comic books are things that she loves too. And a lot of people who have liked those things for, for a long time, the majority of them white men, let's be honest, um, they don't like that because they feel like something that was theirs is being taken from them or is being changed or violated. So I think that's that's kind of the interpretation I would go for it. Yeah, I think that was a pretty pretty fantastic uh, uh, answer and analysis there. I think that's absolutely what's happening. It it reminds me of when um, I remember when uh, when the New Fifty Two was ending um, and uh, the Rebirth book came out, and of course the big thing this DC's New Fifty Two. Sorry, I've. I, I always have to remember that there might be people that are listening that don't know this stuff like we do. But anyway, when DC <laughs> was ending their New 52 run of comics and they were doing Rebirth, they, of course, had this huge uh, comic book that they brought out called Re the Rebirth, DC Rebirth. And the big point of the comic was they were bringing back, excuse me, the old Wally West. <laughs> and they had created a new Wally West that was a African-American character, um, it was who was Flash, and uh, they were bringing back the old Wally West, who, of course, is you know a very almost extremely white character, honestly, uh, in, in the way it's portrayed and everything. Um, and I remember one of the one of the guys once again, Comics Alliance. I can't remember who it was who said it, but I remember him saying, you know, the I didn't I didn't like you know the new Wally West. I didn't like the where Flash was going. I didn't like the story that was being told there. You know, it wasn't for me, but he says, you know what? It was for someone and not everything has to be for me. Absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a good, a good place to, uh, to stand as a, as a, you know, as someone in fandom at this point, um, you know, not everything has to be for us. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, I'm, I'm extremely, you know, like, you know, I, you know, Al, Al, Al said twice that you know Star Wars is, 
you know, just space wizards. And of course, I'm just sitting over here grumbling because it is so much more than space <laughs> wizards. But like, you know, I, I get where you're coming from, and I and I'm extremely passionate about things like Star Wars, and of course, Batman, and and stuff like that. Yeah, there yeah. are things that are, yeah, Joe, things that are really, you know, part of who I am uh, that they make up, you know, a significant part of me. You know, I mean, they're, you know, it's and. And, 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 you know, and so, like, I would have, I have very passionate opinions about what these things should be. But at the end of the day, one of the things I think we have to understand is if those opinions are coming from a place where it's just straight up, you know, like, well, I just don't like that because that's not the norm. I think that's, that's the type of opinion you have to step back and examine a little more. Um, you know, I think the best example of that, you know, is like, and I'll be honest, I still don't like it and it because it's not the norm and because I've read X-Men comics for, you know, 30 odd years now, but Iceman and, you know, Bobby Drake in the X-Men comics, they have, he has come out as a homosexual that happened two or three years ago. Mm, yeah. You know, something like that. The, the younger version of him. No, they both are. Are they both now? That's official? Yeah, okay. and of course, the, that, that younger version doesn't exist anymore because, I don't know, X-Men. But, like, um, but, uh, you know, when that happened, you know, my my first thought was, you know, well, that's weird because he was the girl crazy, and he was. I mean, mm -hmm. Chris Claremont had written him as this girl crazy character, and, like, it really, you know, was something that... Uh, you know, like really bumped up against, you know, my expectations for this character and for what this character means in this world and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, one thing I had to come to conclusion was the only reason I don't like this is because it's not part of my norm. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with how the character's written, doesn't have anything to do with, you know, how the character uh, reacts to things. It's just outside of my norm, uh, what I'm used to. And sometimes you have to sit back and look at your opinions and go, is this just something that's outside of my comfort zone? And therefore, that's why I have the opinion I, I have of it. And I think that is probably, you know, where, where I would stand as far as um, all of this, you know, cancel culture and stuff goes, you know, is like you know, investigation. Yes, but also, you know, investigate yourself a little bit as well, you know, because that's where. Um, I think that's where a lot of this, um, a lot of this, you know, a lot of these thought processes happen because people aren't really looking at themselves and saying, well, this is an opinion I have just because of, you know, where I'm at as a person, as opposed to what's actually good for, you know, people that, you know, because it's somebody, somebody probably absolutely needed, you know, Bobby Drake as a representative of homosexual LGBT, uh, you know, culture. Um, and, you know, if, you know, who am I to speak against that if, if some person actually needed that? Because there were many times in my life where I've needed Batman and many times in my life where I've needed G.I. Joe and Star Wars. And, um, you know, and for me to, you know, have an opinion where I can actually state, well, no, this, you, you know, you know, this this is an invalid uh, point of view. Um, sometimes I just have to, you know, step back and say, you know, I'm just I'm just having an opinion from my norm. Uh, the only time that that uh, I am correct on that once again is Batman for Superman, um, because uh, uh, go I will go uh, to my grave saying that that is just horrific, and no one needed that movie. Uh, I don't care who you are. 
uh, if you think you need that movie, uh, then that you truly have issues uh, that go beyond cancel culture and everything else. Um, Man. So, uh, so anyway, but anyway, right. uh, so, so, so uh, kind of joking there, kind of joking. Okay. Come on. I mean, we trying to bring some levity to a very serious conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, any final thoughts before we close, uh, Jenny, anything you, anything you need to, uh, you want to bring up before we close? No, y'all pretty much nailed everything. Okay. Jake, anything you want to say? I mean, you know, Al, Al and Josh already, already said it, but I mean, like it's the, the entire, the entirety of this discussion, you know, goes back to our motto, you know, fandom is for everyone. Um, you know, and, and it goes back and it goes back to that idea that, you know, it's it's what when we first started fandom correspondence, it's it's the idea it's the identity of what I want this site to be, you know, what I want this this place to be for everyone, you know. Um if there's ever been a point where you felt you were looked down upon, even if it was just because you liked something that someone else didn't, let, let alone if it was something that involved, you know, your gender, your sexual orientation, your race, anything, please let, let, let us know. We, we, I, I, I want you to feel accepted, you know, and I want you to feel accepted, especially here with us. Um, because, because Josh already put it, you know, so beautifully, you know, that there were times where we needed these stories, you know, um, you know, even because, because, you know, at, at first, you know, you think, Oh, well, it's just a, it's, it's just a movie I'm watching. It's a game I'm playing. It's a book I'm reading. It's a, it's a comic that I'm, that I'm getting involved in, you know, but then you start to realize that, you know, fandom at its core is something that we need because we identify so much with so many of the characters that we see. Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, stick, sticking to it, you know, I personally loved, you know, the last Jedi and Luke's story arc because it was something that I personally needed to see at that time, you know, Maybe it wasn't for everyone. That's okay. You know, that's a discussion we can have. But at the same time, you know, you contrast that with, you know, this idea of, you know, we want to see Captain America give us a speech. You know, we want to see Superman, you know, save someone when they're at their lowest. You know, we we want to see, you know, Wonder Woman inspire us. You know, we we want those moments and we crave those moments and things like that is not something that should be exclusive to anyone you know and it's things like that that should absolutely be available for every single person on this planet and so once again like i said that that's the core of this is fandom is for everyone so anything else from you al um um yeah just a couple of quick things um I know when we were talking um, earlier about um, Zoe Quinn, and there were a couple of times I did this um, as well. Um, I know there were a few times where we t- didn't quite get her identi- uh, their identifying gender right. Um, I just want to say that we um, apologize for that. Um, Zoe does use they, them pronouns, and that is something that we will definitely um, endeavor to improve upon because um, uh, trans rights are important and uh, respect for um, the trans community and non-binary community and everything is very important and something uh, that we believe in. So um, just a heads up, we will uh, definitely endeavor to improve upon that. Um, And the other 
thing, and this is a personal thing, um, if anybody who's listening, if you want a person to go out and cancel, um, a couple names that I'm always in support of getting more attention and accountability are, are Chris Brown and Tom Cruise. So whenever you get the chance, go, go on the internet and just type in, you know, um, uh, um, transcript of Chris Brown crime or um, things Tom Cruise has done for the Church of Scientology. And that should be plenty of fuel for a, a well-placed cancellation attempt. But um, yeah, that's all. Uh, the, the wine scenes. Yeah, you know, sure. Yeah, you know, pe- people that are actually horrible. I mean, yeah, Harvey's yeah. in jail, man. I, I, yeah, keep, keep it going, though. Okay. Just like, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, I think it's been a good discussion. Um, very good discussion, um, and uh, we're going to close on that. And uh, you know, I just want to echo again. You know, our concept fandom is for everyone, and um, you know there is uh, you know there is something if you are you know searching for a fandom or anything like that. We're in a very good place right now. Where it does seem like uh, we're we're getting closer to there being, you know, something for everybody. Um, so uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, we're gonna put this uh, podcast up in the next couple of days. Uh, definitely uh, listen to it. Let us know your thoughts on it. Um, you know, uh, stuff we might have missed. Uh, you know, stuff you might disagreed with as well. Um, you know, let us know. But as always we do want to just express that concept phantom is for everyone. And, uh, we thank you for listening and we hope you guys uh, have a good night or good day or, you know, whatever time you're listening to this, we just hope y'all have a good time with us. Thank you. And, uh, have a good night.